Best on the Board is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is very simple. It's quick. It's easy to navigate. You can just scan around the entire arena building, whatever it is that you're going to see, whatever game, because also it's not just sports. You get music tickets, some theater tickets in there as well, but you can just scan around the stadium. I want to go here. And then you see that in-app panoramic seat view photos from every single section. So check it out. Head to the app store or play store now to download game time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Week 11 of the NFL season, and welcome to Best on the Board. I'm Chris Meany of The Athletic, joined by Michael Beller of The Athletic. Beller, man, week 11 already. Week 10 was just one of those wacky weeks in the NFL. The picks, not so bad, but, I mean, survivor pools shredded. I'm done, man. Saints, Colts, Chiefs, they all lost last week. It was a wild week in the NFL, and we have some great matchups this week in Week 11. Yeah, I'm excited for this week. You always know that that uh, week of reckoning is coming at some point in Survivor Pools where you know something like 50 or 60% of the pool goes down uh, in one fell swoop. You hope that you're not part of it, but uh, that was the week last week. So if you're still alive, congratulations. You're probably getting close to a prize at this point. Yeah, you got to be. It was a wild week. Any way that I would have went, honestly, I, I would have lost. Unless I, you know, maybe rolled the dice on the Raiders and, you know, the Thursday night football game, potentially. I just, you know, I, I didn't want to do that. I, I should have, I guess. The Chiefs, at the end, they gave that game away. If I didn't pick the Chiefs, I would have picked the Colts. I couldn't pick the Saints. It was a wild week. Overall, like, for me, I was pretty happy. Like, I got to hammer down the locks. Three and four, not great on Baltimore, Miami, Seattle, KC, the Saints, the Rams had them in, in and out, unfortunately, taking out Green Bay, putting in the Rams uh, cost me, and then Dallas at the end, a chance to win that football game. But, you know, a great week in terms of just spreads, overall picks, those were the, actually only four. I could have picked any other one, and it just it capped off. The week was just the way it ended. We talked about Seattle, the opportunity not just to pick them, but you know, on the money line to go ahead and grab an upset. And, you know, that was just, a, it lived up to every single expectation. But you, man, five and two, phenomenal stuff. Oakland, Arizona, the Jets, Seattle, Baltimore, just on the wrong side of the KC game at the very end, like I mentioned, and then the Saints. But uh, another strong showing from you, Beller. Five and two, you got to be happy with that. How'd you do overall? Yeah, feeling uh, feeling very good uh, about that. And that KC one, man, that, that one hurt. Because that, I mean, that felt like, you know, gave it away. 47 yards. We're talking about Harrison Butker here. He's going to make this. We're going to be covering. They hold him. And we got that as a win, too. Uh, obviously, it did not happen that way. For them to go from cover to loss uh, that quickly was uh, pretty shocking. Uh, overall, uh, there were there were thirteen games last week, right? I went uh, so I went nine and four for the week. Overall, you, you, yeah, y- yes, nine I had two and four. more losses. 
you you would have you would have won my spread pool. Um, <laughs> nine nine would have done it. There was a five or six of us up at the top with nine with, with the ties. But yeah, it was Survivor. I'm absolutely done. We will still talk about Survivor. Hopefully, you're still hanging around. Hopefully, you just won. Yeah, <laughs> maybe like you just won. Hopefully Seriously, you just won Survivor. It's totally possible. Yeah, it's very very possible. Well, we will talk Survivor picks uh, in a little bit. But this is again, this is a crazy week. We have four totals in the fifties, f- five at forty eight. If you want to include the Raiders and the Bengals in there as well. So if you're just new to the show, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to hang out theathletic.com slash best on the board will get you 40% off a subscription at The Athletic. You'll be able to check out absolutely every single article. 100 plus podcasts. Beller, you're on a few as well. Uh, did you already record? You're doing the ranking show a little bit later on, but you and Emery Hunt already hooked up. Yep, we uh, had the advanced route uh, yesterday. We talked uh, the game of the week, talks uh, Texans-Ravens. Uh, Emery brought his uh, unique insight into uh, what he thinks is going to happen in that game, how Houston will attack Baltimore offensively, how Houston will try to slow down Lamar Jackson, what the Ravens can do to counteract what he expects Houston to do. We also talked the Kareem Hunt return from last week, what that means for the future, and the Nick Foles impending return this week. So uh, definitely check it out, the advanced route. Love talking to Emery, a really smart football guy. Oh, he's extremely intelligent. He must be just loving seeing Lamar Jackson because I know he got a lot of heat about Lamar Jackson and just how everyone just seemed to talk negative about Lamar Jackson heading into the year. But he was very positive, and Lamar Jackson is well on his way to MVP status. The, the guy is changing the game. Yeah, it's uh, it's remarkable. Emery's taking a uh, well-earned, well-deserved victory lap, uh, certainly, on Lamar Jackson, and I agree with you. Probably wouldn't be my uh, MVP pick right now. I think that still goes to Russell Wilson, uh, but uh, Lamar obviously in the conversation. Uh, it's a unique season that we're seeing from the Ravens quarterback. Yeah, Wilson, we said, you know, pull off some magic and get that win, and, and he definitely did. Even with that red zone turnover, he was still able to just kind of forget, you know, put that aside and march all the way down the field and, and get that W against the 49ers, their first loss. So uh, involved in a couple shows myself, you want to start and sit. We, we talk a little bit about a dynasty, you know, by lows and keeper league by lows. Myself, Jake Seeley, and Brad Ziegler, the throwback as well. So, again, theathletic.com slash best on the board will get you 40% off that subscription. So we, we appreciate you guys hanging out. Rate review subscribe that will really help out the show help us out you'll be able to get the show right away and give beller a follow on twitter at m beller myself at chris meany we will be back on friday because there are a few there's one game completely off the board there's a there's another game we're just unsure with some injuries who's going to be playing under center so you know check back on friday we'll we'll hammer down our locks and and if anything changes we'll look at some live movements or whatnot but let's get into this week let's do it and let's start with the thursday night football game we have cleveland and pittsburgh the Browns are three-point favorites. Their team implied total 21.5. The Steelers, you do the math, it's 18.5. We have an over-under at 40. Man, that Steelers <laughs> defense looked real good last really week. Good. Real good last week. Uh, I know you in particular have been really pumping them up, but they really got after Jared Goff. And they're winning football games, really doing nothing offensively. Looks like James Conner is going to be back for them. And you mentioned Kareem Hunt. I mean, he was sprinkled in. He looked good. And... A lot of two-back sets there with Cleveland. Chubb still was able to have a monster game with and a couple strong runs with Hunt on the field. Hunt catching some balls. Chubb still racking up 20 carries. What's your thoughts? You going with Cleveland here? Are you going to stick with your your boys? I feel like I want to call them your boys. I mean, you've been back in the Steelers defense all year. I have been back in the Steelers defense all year, and uh, you know that that is always my instinct whenever they're catching points because of how the defense can keep them in games. Uh, but not only am I going away from them, uh, at least for the time being, I'm putting Cleveland in my uh, top seven plays of the week. Uh, toward the bottom, this could be one I change uh, over the next 48 hours, but for now, 
I'm backing Cleveland. I love Pittsburgh's defense. I've said it week after week after week. This is a group that uh, looks excellent and is way different from what it was early in the season. Clearly uh, a unit that has really improved and has kept this Pittsburgh team afloat in the AFC AFC playoff race. Uh, A really remarkable uh, performance by this defense this season. But man... That offense, Emery and I actually talked about this on the advanced route yesterday. We were talking mostly about Kareem Hunt, but he just had to throw in Pittsburgh's offense. Uh, And the perfect word I think he used is just clunky. It's just a clunky offense that can't get anything going, even when they do have James Conner out there. And for that reason, uh, I I do like the Browns in this one. I think the uh, Kareem Hunt edition, uh, I, I did not think it was going to have that immediate of an impact, but it sure did. He looked excellent in Cleveland's game last week in that win for the Browns, and uh, I think they're just going to be able to get him more comfortable, get he and Nick Chubb more comfortable with one another. Uh, You mentioned a lot of two-back sets. 40% of the time uh, last week, those two guys, Hunt and Chubb, were on the field together, and that's going to be a matchup problem, even for a defense as good as Pittsburgh. When you are able to throw out Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, uh, uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Rashad Higgins or Antonio Callaway on the field at every, every single play, That is going to be a matchup issue for any defense, and I think Cleveland's just going to get more and more comfortable with all those guys on the field together. I would love if this were down to two and a half, and the minus three is plus 100, so I am uh, getting a little bit of juice in my favor there, Uh, but I just do think that uh, the Browns are going to be able to win this one, and uh, again, when when I feel this confident in a team getting the win, I'm pretty much always going to like them uh, if they're laying a field goal or less. Yeah, they did open up at two and a half, depending on where you look. We are looking at Westgate here, so it is currently three, and you're you're dead on about Hunt and Chubb. I mean, 28 of 65 plays, they were on the field together. And we said, what, 10 touches for Hunt? What do you have, 11? I, I didn't think he would be as efficient, but it, it's clear they're going to use him in the passing game. The red zone is the only issue. I was impressed with Cleveland's defense. Yeah, they were against the Bills, but they they played strong. They were actually moving the ball against Buffalo as well. It's it's just, again, I, th- I believe there was eight straight plays they had because there was a penalty on one of the plays, and they, they had the reset on downs, and they still struggled to, to move the ball in the red zone, and that's really been their problem all year. Baker Mayfield threw two touchdowns. It's the first time all year where he's thrown for more than one. I'm with you. I had to pick a side here. It will be Cleveland, and it's a lot about what you already talked about. You look at the Steelers' offense bottom six and just total yards per game, bottom six and passing yards per game and rushing yards per game. Even when James Conner has been in there, they just haven't been able to really move the ball efficiently on the ground. So I'll lean with the home team here with you in Cleveland. We don't have a line with Dallas and Detroit. It did open up at three and a half. Again, it's completely off the board. We just don't know if Matthew Stafford is going to play. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this guy's not going to play yeah. anytime you hear about I think that's a, I think that's a sturdy limb that you're out yeah. on. Yeah. No kidding. Um, He's probably going to get shut down for the year. Where does this number have to go for you? Because honestly, I I wanted to do what we did last year, last week with the Chiefs, and it you know it kind of backfired, obviously. Um, But no matter what, I'm going to be on Detroit here, seven and a half, six and a half. I I feel like the only way I won't be, or on Dallas, sorry. I feel like the only way that I won't be on Dallas if it gets up to like ten and a half. But uh, even still, Dallas on the road in Detroit, I would have six and a half, seven and a half, even if it's Jeff Driscoll. I'm picking. I'm picking the boys regardless, I think, here. Yeah, this is uh, certainly going to be a Cowboys or nothing play. Um, you know, Jeff Driscoll looked okay, I guess, in Chicago last week. Um, he certainly didn't you know, lose that game for the Lions. Bears defense was able to uh, control that game pretty much throughout. Uh, Lions defense looked better, but I think that's got a lot to do with the the, the offense on the other side. Uh, they, obviously, Bears put together a flurry of points in the third quarter, um, but uh, was not the best uh, offensive performance by that team. Obviously, a much different group that the, that the Lions are going to be facing 
with Dak Prescott and company uh, coming into town uh, this week. I'm with you. Uh, it's probably going to be one where I like Dallas a whole lot. Uh, I mean, what do we think this line's going to be? I mean, probably – God, I actually think it kind of has to be higher than a touchdown. Yeah, I was right? thinking like seven and a half or something like yeah, that. I mean, it's going it to be higher up, than Even if it gets up to ten, ten and a half, I still think I would pick Dallas here. I mean, that three and a half number had to assume Stafford. that Stafford was playing. 100%. Right? And so if he's not playing, I mean, I think Jeff Driscoll, I think the, the Stafford to Driscoll uh, difference has to be more than a three point difference for odds makers. It has to be, right? It yeah, has to it, be. Yeah, no question. It has to be. And you're, I mean, again, Driscoll did okay towards the end of the game. He, he fought back. But this team still doesn't have a run game to think of. I, they're struggling big time defensively through the air and on the ground. And a lot of questions at The Athletic. I do a live chat on, on Tuesdays. You want to hang out at, at noon Eastern. What's going on with Zeke? Oh, my God, Zeke, Zeke. I mean, before Minnesota, who has a great run defense, Zeke had three straight games with 100 yards. He had four touchdowns in his last five games. This is a complete bounce-back spot for him. I like Dak and all of the weapons. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it has to get to for me to to, to even play Detroit. I mean, I, again, 10 and a half, and yeah. I'm probably just staying away from it. Yeah, yeah. Just That's tease a, down Dallas. Right, right. It's Dallas or stay away for sure, and we can uh, – we can hit this in a little bit more detail on Friday when we do have a line, but uh, yeah, it's got to be either the Cowboys or you're not touching it. So one of the big upsets for sure. I mean, who saw the Falcons heading into the week? They had <laughs> seven sacks, Speller. Seven. Unbelievable. They got six in that game against Drew Brees. Their defense showed up. Dan Quinn just gave up the defensive play. He's supposed to be a defensive guy. That, I don't know if that sparked everybody on the team because they seem to just really <laughs> – just get after Drew Brees. The Saints open up as six-point favorites in Tampa Bay, a total that was at 51. It's now 50.5 in New Orleans, five-and-a-half-point favorites. 28 is the team applied total, 22.5. We're just going back to the Saints here. I know no Marshawn Lattimore not playing in this game is, is significant because earlier in the year, Mike Evans was completely shut out. He was only targeted three times. He had zero catches. These two have had great battles over the past couple of years, and Lattimore usually gets the better of Evans. It's a positive. This is positive for Jameis Winston owners, Evans owners. But to me, I got to go back to the Saints here, the better football team. They're probably pretty ticked off that they lost that game to Atlanta. I know Drew Brees on the road is a little different, but I'm going to side with the Saints here to win this football game by a touchdown. Yeah, this is bounce back city for the New Orleans <laughs> Saints without question. Um, like you, everyone knows what I feel about the Saints this year. Uh, I was shocked by that game against Atlanta last week. You got to tip your hat to the Falcons. Uh, obviously, came in with a game plan that they were able to execute, and they completely shut down the Saints offense, but uh, this is a, a great bounce back spot for New Orleans. Um, a, a real pass funnel defense uh, in Tampa, one that I think Drew Brees is going to have his way with. Uh, uh, again, we got uh, Michael Thomas, uh, a guy who is just week in, week out, just putting up the most ridiculous uh, numbers that we're seeing from wide receiver. Even that game, they, they're held to, what, nine points against Atlanta, and Michael Thomas is still catching 13 balls for 150, 160 yards. It's ridiculous what he's able to do. Tampa's going to have no answer for him. Tampa's going to have to keep up offensively. Marshawn Lattimore being out certainly does uh, increase their chances of keeping up offensively with what they're going to be able to do through the air uh, against a Lattimore-less Saints defense. But 
it just feels like a game that the Saints are in control of throughout. I love the Saints. I love the Buccaneers for fantasy purposes, but I love the Saints for real-life purposes. Give me the Saints by a touchdown relatively easily, relatively comfortably. Uh, a perfect spot uh, where people are going to be off the Saints and maybe on the Bucks after their win last week. People are maybe a little bit worried about the Saints, right? It's been a while since we've seen them play well because they had a bye, yeah. and then they get beat by Atlanta, so people are coming off the Saints. This number should be a couple of points higher. Love the Saints in this spot. Take the better team. Don't overthink it. Yeah, um, Michael Thomas absolutely setting records. Um, not only this year may he finish with the most catches ever in a season, but the most receptions through four years of an NFL career. Michael Thomas, 407. Landry is second with 400. And guess what? The Saints still have seven more games to play so <laughs> far this season. So yeah, unbelievable stuff from six. We, we got into this a great deal. We don't, you and I don't have to. i just love to get your thoughts on Alvin Kamara. On the throwback with Sealy and Ziegler, I mentioned we do a lot of start sits. We roll through every team. We try to get some sleepers out there. Alvin Kamara is still ranked pretty high with Sealy. Um, obviously one of the better rankers in the game. But again, some concerns with Alvin Kamara. He's been very disappointing catching balls out of the backfield. But this really isn't a great matchup for him to have some success on the ground against Tampa's run defense. It's not, but it, I don't think that really matters for a guy like Alvin Kamara because of what he does as a receiver. And maybe the receiving numbers in terms of yards and touchdowns haven't been there. Uh, but he's still getting plenty of work. And what he had last week, like 10 targets, right, yeah, in that game? I mean, yeah. 10 targets. Caught eight of them, I believe. Uh, the yards, again, weren't huge. But I mean, the Saints are not changing that part of their playbook whatsoever, and this just to me means if they if they can't run on the ground, it means less Latavius Murray and more Alvin Kamara in this game because of what he brings to the table as a receiver. So I think uh, the Alvin Kamara owners out there, and I am very, very, very much with you because he was my number one player, so uh, certainly auctions, I was going after him hard, and any chance I had an opportunity in draft, I was taking him. If he was available, Alvin Kamara was my pick. Um I think this is the week we've been waiting for. I think we see a big Alvin Kamara week. Not worried about Tampa's run defense because this is a guy who uh, doesn't need to be going up against a good run defense to uh, be able to have a big game. He's going to have a huge game as a receiver. Love Alvin Kamara. Definitely one of my top running back plays for the week. And Latavius, only five carries last week. It's hard to imagine him having a lot of success on the ground or even touching the football all that much against Tampa Bay. Let's move over to Atlanta. We had the Carolina Panthers. They were seven-point dogs or favorites here, rather. Uh, it's now five-and-a-half. The total was 54. It was another game that was really in the 50s. It's dropped down now to 49-and-a-half. We can call it 50 if we want. Um, no Austin Hooper. That's pretty big. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Tight end number one in, in football. Heading into last week was okay at times and then really suffered the injury towards the, the final part of the game. Five and a half, Carolina. I don't have a strong feel, to be honest with you, w with this game at all. I Again, maybe that was just a – this is another division game, but you know that the Saints and the Falcons, they – They've they played tight games before in the past. I'm sure even with Atlanta's record, it was easy for them to get up against a team like New Orleans who have high expectations, and that rivalry is still pretty heated. Carolina did a, a pretty good job last week at, at Lambeau. They had an opportunity at the very end of the game to to tie it with a two-point combo. They they didn't make it happen, but I I, I guess I'm, I'm going to side with Carolina, but Beller, I'll be honest with you, man. I, again, I don't have a strong feel for this game. I will lean with CMC. I think Kyle Allen it could be a starter for people out there in two quarterback leagues. DJ Moore has been really, really good. Um, I'll side with Carolina, but again, this is one I'm probably going to stay away from. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Nothing's going to change for me over the next 48 hours. <clears throat> Excuse me. Too many points for Carolina to be laying, even without Austin Hooper. Um, 
got to put some stock into what we saw from Atlanta's defense last week, especially since they did sure. make a substantive change. As you said, Dan Quinn giving up play calling uh, um, uh, duties for Atlanta's defense. So that, that's a meaningful change. Uh, even though the personnel is obviously the same, that does mean something. So we have to put some stock into what they were able to do on the road against an offense that previously had been clicking on all cylinders, a, a line that had looked really good uh, all season long. Uh, and Atlanta made them look bad. They really did make them look bad. So you got to uh, take that into account in this game. Uh, and Carolina, for, for what they've been able to do this season, uh, that they all deserve credit for, uh, it's just too many points. Uh, a pretty easy stay away for me. Um, I don't want to get tied up in this game whatsoever. Just don't have a strong feel one way or the other. And anything that does maybe sway me over the next couple of days isn't going to change the fact that I'm just not going to feel there's going to be plenty of games out there that I feel better about uh, than this one. I do lean Carolina overall, but uh, just not one that I have a strong feeling on one way or the other. Yeah, it's just that total just continues to to drop and drop and drop, and I understand why. I, I do expect something from Julio. Um, you know, he could probably have a pretty good game here. No Devonta Freeman, Brian Hill in there. It's it's a stay away. We can maybe revisit if that line continues to move on Friday, but so far for me, it's an absolute stay away. We have a division game here, another one, Jacksonville and Indianapolis. The Colts three opened up as three-and-a-half-point favorites, a total at 44. It's now at 43-and-a-half. It is off the board in some spots. I'm not really sure why. Maybe they're they're uncertain if Nick – I guess it's Jacoby no, Brissett. Brissett yeah. last I Last I saw was Jacoby Brissett you know, trending towards playing in this game. We know that Nick Foles is going to be back. He only had, you know, a handful of throws week one before he suffered the collarbone injury. Division game, usually stay away from it, but kind of leaning towards Jacksonville if I had to pick a side. Yeah, I like Jacksonville. They're in my seven. Um, I think they're. Uh, I think these are basically equal teams. I think the line's fair. I don't think the line should be uh, any shorter. Uh, it's in Indianapolis, so I think basically that they. Pick yeah, they're they're, they're deserve right. they deserve to be the uh, they deserve to be uh, slight favorites in this game. But I mean, all this team does mean is play one score games, right? So you got to right. start from that uh, standpoint right there. That you you should be assuming that this game is going to be played in a one score window. So right off the bat, getting the points that you're getting on Jacksonville, you got to like that. I do like getting Nick Foles back. Maybe Maybe there's some rust associated uh, with his return. Hasn't played since week one, but I think this is a guy who's going to be able to get right in the flow of things. I love the fact that he had the bye week before his return and that they've known now for two weeks solid that he was going to be the guy starting this game. And the culture is 4-4-1 against the spread this season. Uh, you know, you, you give them the credit that they deserve for winning the games that they've won. Uh, but this is a team that I think I think the against the spread record is a pretty nice barometer to use as far as a team that is meeting, exceeding, or falling short of expectations. And even though the Colts are still in solid playoff position, I think that more often than not, they're falling a little bit short of expectations, especially with the credit uh, that they've been given. Uh, just not a team that really scares me and not a team that's going to uh, run you off the field. We still don't know exactly what T.Y. Hilton status for this game is going to be and without him I mean this team can really struggle offensively we saw it against Miami last week and yes they had their backup quarterback in uh, but uh, Jacoby Brissett is much more of a keep the ship steady quarterback not a rising tide lifts all ships quarterback and that's just not going to be the play for him even if he is able to get going this week uh, you look up and down these rosters and yeah, I think it's relatively easy to say where the where which offense at least has more talent. It's certainly Jacksonville's, uh, and, and so I think that they're just the player. I think they're the better team. I think they're going to win this game. I love that I get the points. Uh, I really like Jacksonville this week. 
Yeah, I, I like Jacksonville too. I mean, you, you bring up a lot of good points, and this is why I was on Miami last week is because what you said. I mean, every single game has been decided by seven points or fewer. They just they don't blow out teams, and they and they don't get blown out, and they kind of play at a bit of a slow pace, and they, they lean on Mac. Jacksonville lean on Fournette. I don't expect a, a whole lot of points here. You know, I'm looking at the total of 43. It does kind of feel like, you know, the team applied totals at 23 to 20. It, it kind of does feel like that type of game, like a field goal game. It, it, a big game for both teams. It's it's huge. It's it's absolutely. I mean, the wild card is is certainly in play, especially if Jacksonville can can get a W, and that would give three straight losses to the Colts. So interesting game, but I, I don't even care if it's Jacoby Brissett. If he does, like I said, it looks like he's trending to play. Even if he does get in there, I wonder if that line will go three and a half to four. All the better for Jacksonville. It, it's, this one's not going to be in my seven, but as of right now, I'm leaning with the more talented team on offense, and that's and that's the Jags. Also, their defense, they've been getting after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know the offensive line has been is, is really good in Indianapolis, but this is a Jacksonville team that comes in with 30 sacks. They had eight, I know it was the Jets, a couple weeks ago they had nine in week four uh, week three rather against Tennessee they they can generate some pressure and and if it is Hoyer I think he'll have another dead game move over to Minnesota and Denver Broncos this is one of the bigger spreads on the board this week they open up at ten and a half and they still are ten and a half point favorites the total has actually jumped to 40 I don't know why it's it's rising I don't have a lot of confidence at all in the Broncos here I mean their team implied total is 14 honestly Beller I'd be shocked if they got to 14 if they want to use both backs and Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman fine we just saw what their run defense Minnesota's run defense was able to do last week against Zeke getting the ball 20 times usually when Zeke touches the ball 20 times he's going to flirt with 100 yards that wasn't the case not sold on Minnesota's offense without Adam Thielen said that last week they were able to run the football they didn't do a whole lot through the air again Stefan Diggs was was pretty much invisible for the second straight week without Adam Thielen but this Broncos team and and I I just I just don't know how they're going to be able to move the ball in Minnesota. I know it's 10 and a half. I, this is maybe a game that I'll probably tease down and, and take them by a touchdown or so. Um, but I'm going to lock them in right now for Minnesota to win this pretty comfortably. Yeah. I like Minnesota certainly as the, uh, obviously as the straight up winner. And uh, I lean there in their direction with the points uh, as well, laying the 10 and a half. Uh, but everything you said about Adam Thielen and what this offense hasn't been able to do without him is why I don't quite have it in my seven. It's one that I could see. It was one I debated, and I could see uh, things changing over the next 48 hours and wanting to put them in when we uh, get back together and talk about this on Friday. But I do worry about them being able to score enough points to win this game by 11. I, I think that there's no question they win. Um, I think that they will be able to completely suffocate Denver's offense. And we've seen time and time again this season uh, the Vikings absolutely blow out teams at home. This is one of the best home teams in the NFL, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Oakland, all these teams have gone into Minnesota and had absolutely no chance to win those games. So I do think that the Vikings um, have the ability to get to the 11. I just do worry about them being able to score, you know, 24 or 27 points without Adam Thielen. I wouldn't be surprised to see this be a game that they are never threatened by, but only end up winning uh, by a touchdown just because they can't really push the offensive uh, pace without Thielen out there. If uh, we get good news on Thielen and suddenly he's able to play, then I love the Vikings at this number. Uh, but for the time being, I'm going to stay away from putting them into my top seven. Maybe they just do with their defense. They Maybe might be they able to. I mean, points. we've seen them do it again this season. Dalvin Cook, I mean, the guy's yeah. a home run hitter, so it's still certainly in play. And even without Thielen, I could uh, ultimately see myself backing the Vikings as one of my top seven plays. For the time being, I don't want to quite put him there yet. Yeah, and I wonder if Thielen does you know, get some practices in this week and he is, he's going to play. 
I wonder what, where that total does because it is a huge difference. Right. To get Thielen in there, the offense will will gel and and it'll be a lot better. But you're right. It, it could it could be much like Week Eight. What was that? The Thursday night football game they played Washington at home. Yeah. Right. Their offense didn't do a whole lot. They won by ten points. They they didn't cover and it was disappointing. But in four home games, they're allowing thirteen points per game and mm-hmm. nobody scored more than twenty against them. So. They've got a bye next week, right, Minnesota. They do. Yeah, so, so maybe, maybe all the more reason more maybe week. to keep Thielen in mothballs. They don't need him to win this game. They do not need him to win this game. Right, so that that may be the play. Uh, maybe fantasy owners are going to have to go two more weeks without Adam Thielen, but maybe it, it'll pay off in the long run. And, and certainly maybe if you're a Vikings fan, it'll pay off in the long run. Jets and Redskins. Who's not pumped uh, for this game? Come on, show me someone. for this game? Show me Washington. one person who can't wait for this one. Oof, <laughs> um, I don't know, Darius Darius Geis' mom. <laughs> She's got to be really excited, actually. She's got to be excited. <laughs> Washington, they open up two-point favorites. They're, they're one-point favorites here. 38.5 is the over-under. Uh, team applied totals right around the same, 19, 18. I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm going to side with the Jets here. I, you know, they, Overall, they're, they're the better football team. They at least have better players on offense, and, and they are making the switch at quarterback, which, I don't know, Haskins hasn't looked all that great to me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This is in my seven. It's the softest play in my seven. This is uh, one that I could easily see, um, you know, uh, take it out in full disclosure. Um, the reason why they're in there is because, you know, hey, it's Wednesday and I had to throw someone in there for my seventh pick right now. So, uh, yeah, they're almost in there by default. Um, but I do think that the Jets um, are the better team overall. Uh, I don't like Dwayne Haskins uh, getting the start. I think Dwayne Haskins is maybe a nice long-term player, but – I just can't really see it uh, being much of anything of note this season for Washington. And uh, you know, the Jets have stalled offensively in the second half of each of their last three games. But they've looked good in the first half, and they've actually scored opening drive touchdowns in each of their last three games. It tells me that there's still something here. Like, why can't this offense fully break through? We seem to talk about it every single week, meaning we know the talent is there. You know, Sam Darnold obviously is still a work in progress, but you see flashes from him every week where – you see a good quarterback in there. And I just feel like there's a, going to be a point where this offense finally punches through and is at least consistent, at least is an offense that we can trust more likely than not to give us 20-plus points every single week. And uh, they're not quite there yet, and obviously uh, this line doesn't think they will get there with an implied team total of uh, 18.75 points. But I just think, again, that um, in a game where you're only having to pick basically the winner to win your bet – just look up and down these two teams, and you know, I keep checkmarking. You know, the Jets are better here. The Jets are better here. The Jets are better yeah. here. And uh, I, I do like what they can bring offensively uh, with a, a fully healthy Le'Veon Bell. No issues there, according to Adam Gase with his ribs. So I'm going to back the Jets for now. Uh, definitely we're going to be revisiting this one, though, on Friday because I could see myself backing off and putting in the Vikings or maybe putting in the Cowboys uh, when we get a line on that game. Uh, it's just a, a team that you know, I don't feel great backing on the road like this. Yeah, no, I hear you. They 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 were pretty decent last week. They did some they did some positive things on defense and Darnold. Again, yeah, you're right. It's it's there's just too much inconsistency from Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson has been a non-factor over the past couple weeks. It's really been Jamison Crowder. Lev Bell doesn't have more than 70 rushing yards in a game yet. I know he's had to deal with some poor quarterback play when Darnold was out, and the offensive line is is obviously it's it's not good in in New York. This isn't the Bell of old, that's for sure. The Bell in Pittsburgh, no question. It's it's not even close to that. But it, at least they have just shown us more than 
Washington. And you're right. When you're checking Without things question. off, you can check it off. You can check it off under center. The the better running back, the better wide receivers, the better defensive players. And yeah, with with Dwayne Haskins, it's just I. I you're right. Maybe in the future. I, I wasn't really sold on him coming out of college, but he, again, he doesn't have a whole lot to work with. This is it's going to be, what, his third start, right? His, so he hasn't had a whole lot of play, and this will be his first game where he's throwing balls at home. I don't know if that's a positive or not. It's, <laughs> just, it's, a, it's basically a pick em, and I'll lean with the Jets, but this one won't be in my seven as well. This one also not in my seven. Usually back the Bills. They open up as seven and a half point favorites and now six point six point favorites in Miami. The Dolphins playing better football, obviously. I mean, they're coming off two wins, two straight wins. They have a winning streak this this football yeah, team go in Miami. Fins. Fin up. But Fin up. Uh, <laughs> ruining their draft pick stock, that's for sure. I, I do like the Bills to win this game. I like their defense. Josh Allen still has some fumble issues. My goodness, this guy cannot hang on to the football, but he should be able to do enough against this Miami team, you know, using his legs. And John Brown has at least four catches in every single game. He's been um, pretty consistent, at least, um, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, just a guy that Josh Allen can rely on. It's just anytime I see the Bills favored by almost a touchdown, I just don't know, like, they'll, they'll have to score defensively or they'll have to shut out Miami. I mean, Miami comes in with a 17.5 team implied total, Buffalo at 23.5. It seems right, but... But even the Bills getting 24 points, I just I'm never sold on them scoring that much. Yeah, you uh, you know I'm right there with you. you know, I've I've said that many times on this show this season. Uh, this is a surprisingly fair line. Uh, yeah. When I saw this matchup, I thought it was going to be something like seven and a half or eight. If this were any more, if this were more than a touchdown, I would love Miami at six. Same. I'm staying away very easily. Uh, Miami has shown uh, off a little bit of competence uh, offensively, even without Preston Williams uh, on the lineup or on the field. Uh, I mean, but. Uh, uh, you're still not going to have a ton of confidence in them, right? I mean, you know, they they win that game against Indy last week, and it's a game I watched very closely because in a super flex league, I had Carson Wentz on bye, and my decision was either Brian Hoyer or Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I made my decision, and then, of course, I gritted my teeth the entire game, convinced I was going to be choosing wrong no matter what I did. I did end up choosing wrong. I went with Hoyer over Fitzpatrick, and uh, that did not work out for me. It actually cost me a win, so a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, introducing super flex. <laughs> Guys, that was a lot of fun deciding between Brian Hoyer and Ryan Fitzpatrick and then inevitably making the wrong choice between those two great quarterbacks. But uh, even with that game, even with them winning that game, right, I mean, it was it was ugly. I mean, it was, Oh, right? very like, ugly. They can do anything on the ground. They, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't do anything on the ground, and eventually they couldn't do, really do anything through the air. So I don't think they're going to really find much better for themselves against Buffalo this week, but I just can't trust Buffalo uh, to win a game by a touchdown. Uh, the offense hasn't shown us anything. They've got three losses. Uncoincidentally, it's the three best teams they've played this season that their losses have come against. I mean, please, 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 gambling gods, if you are listening to this show, and you really should be, <laughs> and if you're not an athletic subscriber, gambling gods, you can go to theathletic.com slash best on the board and get 40% off. Uh, do it for sure. You'll really like the entire website. But if you are listening out there, please get the bills in the playoffs because I cannot wait to bet against this team in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't care who they play in the first round. That well, team is going gonna... to win that game by right. two touchdowns. Right. It's it's almost like when they made it two years ago and people were trying to be like, ah, you know, they can go into Jacksonville and win. Can they? Because they're <laughs> going to score like 10 points. And that Jacksonville defense was 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 great that season. And 
they really, I think they scored maybe 10 points, nine points. Even Jacksonville, doesn't, they weren't a great offense. I mean, but, yeah, that's the thing. Right. I don't think that they're going to make it, Beller. I know the schedule evens up, but you and I both like Oakland. Yep. So they're in. Dude, right now, right now, as it stands right now, the, the, the first-round matchup is Buffalo at KC. Right, and that's the thing. <laughs> Who are they going to play? They're a, either going to play that Baltimore. A playoff game? Oh, man, they're either going to play Baltimore <laughs> – Houston, Houston Casey, Casey like, yeah, they're going to be two touchdown underdogs in the first yeah. round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it's it, going to be hilarious. Gonna be, Actually, yeah, they're going to probably be like eight and a half point dogs unless it's Kansas City and they're going to get destroyed. Yeah, they're going to get destroyed. They just—it's the offense. I really have a lot of respect for their defense. Stradavius White is is phenomenal. He's probably going to be able to shut down Devontae Parker pretty easily. And then just where's the offense going to come from from Miami? And just where does it come from from Buffalo? That's my problem. Anytime it's like a field goal, sure, I'll back Buffalo, even if they're underdogs. But when they get up to the touchdown that like we we're talking about, it's just really hard to at least have confidence in them to put them in my seven to lay my own money down on this Bills mm-hmm. team when I just don't love their offense. So we'll we'll move along there. The the total at 41 I mean I feel a little bit better about the under than I do anything else and you want to tease it and you're, you're into te- the teasers is another one bills by field goal sure I'll take that one let's move on to the game of the week okay yes. can't let's wait for this it. one Houston and Baltimore the line just hasn't budged really it's it's opened up Baltimore four it's still four the total 49 to 50 team implied total the Ravens 27 Texans 23 um, man take it away because I know you you know the advanced route you're gonna have to listen to that segment you guys really go into it you and Emery Hunt but what did you take away from that what are your thoughts in this matchup yeah Emery um, Emery made the, the most interesting point he made a lot of interesting points but I can't uh, regurgitate them here number one we don't have the time number two I'm not as smart as Emery but uh, the, <laughs> the thing the most interesting thing I took away was that he felt that it was gonna have to be a big game for Houston's um, backs and, and tight ends because of the size that Baltimore brings defensively at corner with Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, and, uh, and Marcus Peters, that they're going to really be able to, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins, but he doesn't expect the Texans to be able to get much, if anything, out of Will Fuller if he's able to return, and it certainly looks like he will. Kiki Cutie, Kenny Stills, he thinks that those guys are going to be non-factors in this game and that they're going to have to, uh, they being Houston, get a lot out of Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, uh, and, the, and the tight end game. So uh, it's something interesting to think about when you consider this matchup. For me, uh, from a betting standpoint, um, I'm staying away from it right now because I really like these teams. I think these are two very good teams. I could see both of these teams in the Super Bowl uh, eventually. Two great quarterbacks, two really strong offenses. And I'm just a, like, there's way too many paths for both of these things to happen. For Baltimore to win by four, for Houston to win outright, for Houston to stay within a field goal. So for now, I stay away from this game. This is another one of those that I'll be watching closely to see where the bets are coming in and how the line moves, because that could give us some hints on where to go here. Uh, but this is one that I just don't quite feel good enough about, or let me put it this way, I don't feel bad enough about either side to have enough confidence in the other side uh, to really uh, strongly back them and put my own money on it. So I can't wait to watch it. It's the one, if I can only watch one game this week, it would be this one, even though I'm not going to really have anything riding on it other than just pure football fandom and whatever fantasy and I have going yeah this is this is the game of the week this is the one to watch for sure I know I thought a lot about staying away too because you're right there's a lot of different ways that this game can go both very very good football teams and the Ravens are just they look really really confident right now especially defensively we talked before about them getting Jimmy Smith back Marcus Peters the defense is certainly taking shape I mean they played the Bengals last week whatever but the week before that they just made I thought Tom Brady and and New England's offense just look I don't know very 
just bland, like ordinary. Mm-hmm. Like they just didn't look all that good. But at the same time, I mean, on the other side, Houston's played really good football lately too. They won four or five. They went into Kansas City, and nobody really were, were picking Houston and the Texans and Watson. They played really, really well that, that game as well. Um, I'm going to lean just because it's four. I feel like it's going to be that close of a ball game and that tight of a ball game and really competitive on both sides that I feel like I'm just going to take that the Houston side of things that it is going to be a field goal. It'll be interesting – it's, this is such a fascinating matchup to watch. I mean, Houston has been so good against running backs and stopping the run so far this season, and this is exactly what Baltimore wants to do with some of these backs. But, I mean, Houston's went up against some pretty good running backs so far this season. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack. None of these guys have came away with 100 rushing yards. They've let to yet to allow a hundred uh, running back to get to 100 yards. So, it, again, this is just going to be a phenomenal matchup. Do you think it gets to that 50? Because I also feel like in the back of my head this could be just a, a grind where it almost like it, it came away like a 23-20. Or do you feel like there will actually be just a shootout? Maybe it, maybe you don't get that shootout to the fourth quarter and, and both quarterbacks are slinging it. There's so many ways it can go. But what's your thoughts on the over? Love the under. Absolutely, love the under, absolutely right? love yeah, the under in this game. I feel that way too. Absolutely. I, the only way this game goes over is with defensive scores or with some like quick strikes. Like you're going to need like a DeAndre Hopkins 70 yarder and uh, Marquise and Brown 70 yarder this in this game <laughs> for that for this to go over. Because I mean, I think I mean we Baltimore obviously every single game wants to run, 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 and pop big plays in the pass game where they can. Houston's going to want to run in this game, I think, except for the exact reason that Emery said. I mean, this is a way different defense than it was four weeks ago. It just is. When you add Marcus Peters and you get Jimmy Smith back, it's a much different pass defense than what we saw earlier in the year. So I think both these teams are going to want to run the ball a lot. I think this is going to be a quick game, a game where uh, really like 23 points is going to be able to get you the win. I love the under here. Yeah, I, I I agree. I just wanted to bring that up because I think Vegas is is I think they're just trying to pull a fast one because oh, for sure Lamar yeah. and Watson, Lamar and exactly. Watson. This is going to be a thirty four to thirty one game. Yeah, I, I I feel like it's I feel like it's going to be a grind, and we may just if you're banking on it from a DFS standpoint, game stack, and I feel like you could potentially be let down, and and maybe in the fourth quarter you start seeing those strikes with the game on the line, but I I will right now, I may change my tune, I don't feel totally strong about Houston, but they are in there as a seven, I feel like, um, I may even take them on the money line, oh, hey now, hey now, hey now. Hey now, hey now. It's a huge game, this could determine, this could determine a uh, a buy, could determine a buy in the AFC. Absolutely, it could for sure, um, and also just all nobody wants to go to New England. Right? right. At the end of the day, they just want to get these W's while they can. All right, we'll head over to the Sunday night, the Sunday afternoon games, the later afternoon games. We have Arizona and San Fran. These two teams just played each other a couple weeks ago. Um, opened up. Just the key here was before the Monday Night Football game where San Fran lost, 13.5-point favorites. Um, that was the line. It's now 11. The total has jumped from 44 to 45. I know where you're going. I know they. I know you're back in here. This is way too many points here, 11. I mean, they just competed with them two weeks ago. Plus, on top of everything, we have George Kittle, who's very questionable. We don't know. Emmanuel Sanders, we don't know. Matt Breida, we don't know. It looks like Breida's out potentially week to week. There's a lot of question marks all of a sudden, San Fran offensively. We've said this. How many times did we say this all year? We love San Fran. We're buying in. We love the defense. Need to see a little bit more from Jimmy Garoppolo. Need to see a little bit more. I'll be honest with you, Beller. I wasn't impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo last week. He just looked. Yeah, who was? He looked like he was panicking. He looked like he just he was he was moving his feet around too much. He was throwing balls. He was very inaccurate. I know some guys dropped some balls for him, but I, I put more of the blame on him than anything. This is just too many points for. I, I know Arizona's run defense or run offense is just 
there's a lot of question marks there, but too many points for me at 11. I'm, I'm, I'm going to side with you, and I'm just assuming you're going with Arizona. Yeah, it's a, it's a safe assumption. You know, uh, we, we, <laughs> we love Game Time, our sponsor here for, for Best on the Board, and for a lot of our athletic shows, prices uh, go down as the game gets closer. I've uh, right. heard that once or twice, but I think we need to find someone to brand this segment of the show where, you know, something where, you know, Beller backs the Cardinals. <laughs> get some sort of uh, sponsorship for this because, uh, I, I, yes, I am picking the Cardinals again. As I do this every single week, I pick the Cardinals. This offense is way too good to lose a game by 11 points. The implied total is that Arizona is going to score 17 points. This team's <laughs> going to score only 17 points? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Come yeah. on. I mean, this offense is really starting to click. Christian Kirk had himself a monster game uh, last week. This is what we were uh, thinking we were going to see maybe earlier in the year for Christian Kirk. Uh, but hey, you know, it's not always going to happen, especially when you've got a rookie quarterback, a first-year head coach. Uh, that doesn't just necessarily happen right away. But uh, I think we're going to see uh, this team put up a, a big, big number, or at least put up more than 17 points. And I don't think San Francisco can run away from it. Like, I don't think San Francisco is scoring 31 or 34 in this game and uh, just uh, you know since uh, since we we marked this Arizona offense turning a corner um, a few weeks ago and just here's what they've done the last few weeks they scored back to uh, go back to October 6th they scored 26 points against Cincinnati then they scored 34 against Atlanta 27 against the Giants then at New Orleans they get held to nine points that's going to happen against a team like New Orleans 25 against the same San Francisco team a couple weeks ago then 27 at Tampa Bay now they're going to score 17 not a chance. They're going to put up 24 points in this game. Maybe they lose, but I think that they definitely stay within the 11. And as you said, I mean, where does San Francisco get consistent offense if George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders aren't playing? Tell me where right. they get their consistent offense. And they're going to, I mean, if Arizona is going to be able to do what I think they're going to be able to do, then Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to do basically what he did, 8.6 yards per attempt, four touchdowns against Arizona a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and that's just not a bet I want to make. And again, he, he could do that, and Arizona could still easily stay within the 11, just like they did two weeks ago. I know it was in Arizona, this one's in San Francisco, but uh, yeah, all over the Cardinals this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, absolutely. I'm actually surprised that it's it's as high as it is. I thought maybe it would just, I know it's in San Fran, I thought maybe it would be, maybe it would be like seven, or maybe when we get here on Friday and we see potentially Kittle and Sanders ruled out, maybe it'll come down. Uh, if that's the case and you're feeling Arizona like Beller and I, I, th- I would say you jump on it right now. I mean, that line could change and just go ahead and get that get that 11 in there. I mean, yeah, I'm, you, you said it perfectly. There's just way <laughs> too many question marks with with San Fran's offense right now. Um, and it doesn't – they're just hopeful. They're just hopeful that that Kittle can get on the practice field this week. Mm-hmm. It's not positive. And if you're at San Fran, again, look at the big picture here. Yeah, you want wins. Seattle just beat you. The Rams are, are having some issues. But this is – you want Kittle down the stretch here. You don't want to force Kittle into into playing this game against Arizona. So I'm with you there. New England and Philadelphia, the Patriots, both teams actually coming off the bye. Last time we saw New England, they got – their butts kicked against the Ravens. They're three and a half point favorites. The team applied total 24 for New England and 24 Philadelphia. I'm going to side with the Patriots. Anytime Bill Belichick is coming off a loss, especially two weeks to prepare for a game plan here against the Eagles, a, a, t- a team that you know New England should be able to at least have some success throwing the football. I liked what I saw from or seen from uh, Mohamed Sanu. I, I was really impressed. Um, it only took him a couple games to really be a big part of this offense. Philip Dorsett could certainly be involved. New England probably have some issues running the football. It could be a James White game, not a Sony Michelle. Uh, but too many question marks still with, with Philadelphia offensively and defensively. 
Alshon Jeffrey probably going to get shut down. They're going to game plan against Zach Ertz. Um, no Deshaun Jackson. He's done for the rest of the season. So I'm going to lean with the, the better football team coming off a loss. And this is really more so about coaching with Bill Belichick and the two weeks to prepare here for Carson Wentz. So give me the Pats. Probably going to take him on the money line. Wish it was three. I'll take three and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's my lean as well. Don't have him in my seven. Uh, the Patriots are the better team here. Um uh, you, you, everyone loves Bill Belichick coming off uh, coming off a bye. I would love to see. I mean, it probably hasn't happened very much because how many games have they lost? Right. But like a loss leading into a bye, what the Patriots have done that first game out of the bye, I bet it looks pretty good. And again, I give me, you can you can draw up any split you want for the Patriots over the Brady Belichick era, and it looks pretty good, uh, of course. But um, yeah, everything you said holds. For what I'm I'm just worried about what Philly's going to do against good teams now that we know for sure Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson's out all, for the rest of the season, and it's not like that's a subtraction from the Philly team that we've seen for the vast majority of the year because all he really saw to Sean Jackson was that first game. But downfield, there's been no downfield element in this no. passing game. There's been no explosiveness in this offense. I mean, you get a little bit of Miles Sanders, but he's the only explosive player in the offense, and that is killing them. That's why I think we need to see more Miles Sanders uh, coming out of the bye. It's not because of what Jordan Howard can or can't do. Jordan Howard's been very good, basically. Everything that Philly realistically could have hoped they were getting from Jordan Howard, they've gotten that and then some. I mean, Jordan Howard has done his job without question this season, but they need explosiveness. They need an explosive element in the offense, and it's just not there, especially with teams that are taking away Zach Ertz, and they're saying, all right, you're not doing it. Ertz is the number nine tight end in fantasy points per game. That's insane. Zach yeah. Ertz, number nine tight end in fantasy points per game this season. Teams are taking him away. Teams are saying, beat us with Alshon. You know, cut, beat, we'll, we'll, we'll risk death by a million cuts with Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar and Dallas Goddard catching seven-yard passes because you're not going to be able to do that to us, play in, play out, and march down the field and score 28 points that way. Um, and it's been proven true. So they need an explosive element to the offense. I think we need to see more Miles Sanders from this team. But even if we do in this game, with what New England's done this year, they're the play. Not quite in my seven, but uh, as we're, we're going to get to the end here, I'm going to have three pretty soft plays as we sit here on Wednesday. New England could be one that jumps in for one of those three by the time Friday rolls around. Yeah, and Elshon's just not – he's not 100%, and he's just going to get shut down by Stephon Gilmore. And you're right, teams are, are – they're double-teaming Zach Ertz. I saw it firsthand when I was at the, the game live, Buffalo. It's exactly was the game plan. And the last time we saw Philadelphia, you know, it, it was a decent game from Zach Ertz. I know Deshaun Jackson didn't play a whole lot, but just that first drive he was on the field and it was a whole lot of Ertz. And, you know, even the commentators, my, myself watching, you could just see it. Oh, it's single coverage, Ertz, Ertz, Ertz. So – I agree with you as well as Sanders. He has more 25-yard catches than Hopkins so far this season. He's got four of them, and he's been involved through the air, but they need to get him a little bit more involved. I think it's. I think both backs will probably combine for 30-plus touches. I think that's how they're going to try to beat New England. 31 receiving yards, 41, 44, 46, 86, 73. Those are some of Sanders' receiving numbers over the past couple weeks ago, deep in him in the throwback as well. One more game before we get into Sunday night. The Raiders and the Bengals don't have to spend a whole lot of time here. Uh, this Cincinnati team is is absolutely garbage. They're trash. They can't do anything. They can't tackle. Um, the offensive line is brutal. They're, they've, again, Ryan Finley under center. They, they they gave the ball to Joe Mixon like 30 times last week, even in a blowout. I like Oakland. We, we like the Raiders. We're, we've been coming around on them as a playoff team as as a team with with an identity you've been able to run all over Cincinnati is probably going to be a big game for Jacobs open up as a nine point favorite now 10 I could see this getting up to 10 and a half 11 even getting crazier near 12 before kickoff um, you on the Raiders 
I am on the Raiders. Uh, they're in my seven. They're one of the soft three, so I could come off them by Friday, but okay. uh, I don't anticipate that happening. Um, there again, it, it feels even though I, you know, I, I, I what, what was that two weeks ago that I said this is going to be a playoff team, um, and yeah. I, st- I totally stand by that. Uh, they're going to win this week. They're going to win next week against the Jets, I believe. Um, but uh, it, it still feels a little rich, right? For the like the Raiders minus ten. I know they're at home, and I know Cincinnati's winless and terrible. And uh, I mean, if if you need a, a sign that a team is ready to just pack it in uh running 30 times in a game you're losing by three plus scores is a sign right. uh that you're ready to just you know we'll, we'll take our licks we're just gonna not get anyone hurt and we're gonna pack it in and we'll you know go get uh you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get two in a couple of months and then we'll uh, come back for the 2020 season but uh it still feels a little much for um for the raiders at 10 which is why i call it a soft play uh, but uh, I do think that the offensive issues for Cincinnati, why are those going to go away? The defensive issues for Cincinnati is certainly not going to go away. Josh Jacobs is going to have his way with this team. Josh Jacobs is probably one of the best and going to be one of the most popular DFS plays this week with good reason. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, everything for me lines up uh, for a 17-point Raiders victory. Um, we'll see if I stick on it come Friday. Uh, the only thing that could push me off it is uh, a lot of sharp higher. money coming in, something like that on uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, maybe gets a couple of points higher but uh, for the time being I don't see how you can't like Oakland in this one yeah this is one of those ones probably just you know those sweetheart teasers you want to you know tease down the Vikings or whatever that Dallas line gets to you get you know San Fran potentially in there you know if you feel they're going to win the game that's actually risky I probably won't have them in in that teaser talk to me about that on Friday when we see some injury reports but the Raiders will be in there and you talk about the public and sharp money Um, do you know who the number one in terms of all the bets, it's actually a tie. Who is it? The top. It's Arizona, number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone, finally, uh, coming out with Arizona. Then the Pats at two, Chiefs at three, and then the Raiders, 71% at number four. Sunday night, Bears hey, wait, let me throw, and – Meaning, let me yeah, throw something ahead. really in really quick before we do Bears and Rams. Uh, just seeing from our own Stephen Holder, the Athletics' own Stephen Holder, uh, Indianapolis uh, Colts beat writer, uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, will be a full participant in practice today, according okay. to Frank Reich. So – uh, it's going to be Brissett as the starter unless some setback happens uh, during practice this week. Interesting. Okay, so we said earlier he was trending up, and he certainly is. Looks like Jacoby Brissett will be back. That's good news for the Colts. Brian Hoare did not look good oh, last he looked week. terrible. Yeah, he looked he bad. He cost me a fantasy win. <laughs> jerk. Damn you, Brian Hoare. <laughs> uh, okay, Rams and Bears. Here we go. I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming when the, the schedule makers were, you know, <laughs> dialing it up and they said oh you know Sunday night football Rams Bears would be a good one both quarterbacks have been very very disappointing so far this season the Rams open up eight point favorites now six and a half the total has gone from 42 to 41 to implied total 23.75 for Los Angeles 17.25 for Chicago Um, this is a clear stay away from me uh, I have no interest getting involved in this game. If I had to choose, I suppose I would go the Rams. I, you know, I like them a lot better at home. At least I like Jared Goff a lot better at home. Any confidence in your Bears to keep this thing close? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I have any confidence in that? I, I, w- I will say that I'll probably pick the Bears uh, in my pool where I pick every game, but it's only because it's six and a half points and because yeah, the defense has been good. I mean, the Bears pasty has still been very good this season. I mean, they're still keeping teams. I saw – God, I wish I saw who – 
I wish I could remember who the tweet was from. Uh, someone was tweeting this out yesterday. Uh, teams that have uh, offenses that have surpassed their implied total and defenses that have kept teams beneath the implied total of their opponents. And the Bears have done that in seven games this season, kept their opponents beneath their implied total. Uh, shows you just another metric to show how the offense isn't living up to its side of the bargain. Uh, so because of that, I will like the Bears. But come on, I'm not, I'm not backing this team on the road. Uh, I don't care. All the, I mean... The Rams just win this game by a touch. No way. I mean, no. But on the but on the other side, like, no way do I think the Rams should be you know winning this game by a touchdown with what the Bears defense has still been able to do. You have to talk about another team that without Brandon Cooks, there is really no downfield element to this offense. A team that totally lacks explosion. Cooper Cup is unbelievable at what just he taking does. Him away. Yeah, teams but are just I mean, taking him away. yeah, but he's not going to be a guy who pops you. You know, who takes the top off a of defense, and so teams right. are able to you know crowd them and really enforce them, force someone to try to beat them deep, and they can't do it. So um, an easy stay away from me. I just don't – I don't trust either quarterback. I don't trust either team. So I'm staying away from this. But uh, if forced to pick, I'll back the Bears getting six and a half. Do you remember where these two teams played last year in Chicago? Oh, I sure do. It was freezing here. It was freezing. And what, the Bears won 15 to six? Yeah, 15 to six. You got got a good memory, Beller. 15 to six, (laughs) Chicago won that game. Jared Goff, 20 for 44, 180, four picks. Mitch Trubisky, 16 for 30. And who who knew and that was gonna be picks. who knew that was gonna be like the uh, like one of Mitch's like four best games over the next uh, fourteen games the Bears played too. Let's see quarterbacks combined for two quick math here two hundred ninety yards and seven interceptions and one touchdown. What you say like it, so two hundred ninety yards at what like seventy whatever attempts? So we're talking like four yards per attempt about. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> they combine for yeah. 36 for 74. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready, NBC audience, on Sunday night because you're going to get something, I think, very similar. Yeah, I mean, the over-under is at 41. I mean, yeah, under. Yeah. Under, under, under. Yeah, I, I may lean Chicago, too, if I had if I had to pick. I am a sucker for the Rams, but there's a lot of question marks now, and I have some – directed towards Sean McVay where Gurley was having one of his better games on the ground had a solid run towards the end of the third quarter and then did not touch the foot didn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter at all down by a score I mean not even getting a couple dump offs which we've seen before so obviously McVay has some concerns himself about mm-hmm. Todd Gurley and his health so the final game here before we wrap up the Monday Night Football game this is in Mexico correct I think it is it is yeah I think it they've, is. they've got right. the bye next week Mexico Kansas City, City. Four-point favorites, a total of 49. It's now 52-and-a-half. And And sticking with four, team implied total for KC at 28.25. The Chargers at 24.25 as well. This is – I – I think whatever we said with the Saints about a half an hour ago, we can kind of say the same thing with the Chiefs here. I I think you can just – Rewind the tape. This is the better football <laughs> team with Kansas City, uh, a pure bounce-back spot here for the Chiefs against uh, the Chargers. Give me KC. I'll probably even get a little bit cute and, and pick them by a touchdown or something. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say literally the same thing. I usually hate when people like go back to uh, similar phrases, whether it's spoken or writing, but it's too good, right? Mexico City? No, no, not just Mexico City. Bounce-back city for the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs here. Uh, Absolutely. Like, come on. Come on. I mean, first of all, they should they should have covered that game, right? Oh, I mean, they yeah. they had they they were they they had the cover for a good chunk of the game. They uh, then they're away. then they're gonna get the co- Harrison Butker is gonna make that forty seven yard field goal if they don't screw up the snap. If there's not the miscommunication, he's gonna make that field goal. They're gonna go up by eight points with a minute left. They're gonna kick it deep. Tennessee's not gonna move the ball. We get our cover. We're high fiving you know virtually from Chicago <laughs> to Toronto, and it's great. Um, obviously, that didn't happen that way, but you know. I still, I still take the same uh, confidence forward 
from Kansas City in that game that I would have had they won it. So not worried at all. They're far superior. The Chargers are just not a good – the Chargers are an average team this season. The Chiefs are a very good team. This is an absolute bounce-back spot. Chiefs win this game by double digits. Yeah, whatever it is about Tennessee, they just seem to give Kansas City fits. I said that tongue-in-cheek when we were talking about them and how the Titans had won three straight, including a playoff matchup, and then it was like, yeah, but, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like Again, they, they really just gave that game away. Damian Williams had a fumble. It, it kind of turned the tide a little bit, even though the Chiefs got got back rolling again. So, yeah, four points for the clearly the better football team. The defense playing a little bit better in Kansas City lately as well, generating some pressure. And, you know, I'm not completely sold on the offensive line in L.A. It's, you know, they dominated a couple weeks ago. They they dominated the line against Green Bay, but uh, I'm not really – I'm definitely not sold on Rivers. This guy looks – he looks real, real bad. So that'll do it. Um, let's go into the seven picks. I'll go first. Um, a couple things could change for me, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to have the Saints, the Pats, the Chiefs, Arizona – locked in for sure. Minnesota feels still pretty strong about them. Oakland, that number if it gets a little bit higher, I'll probably stay away. It's going to be it's going to be really hard for me to back the Bengals, but I may have Oakland out of my 7 and then the final game that I'm I'm a little unsure of because we talked about it at length. There's a lot of different variables here, but I think this is going to be a competitive football game. I think it'll be decided by 3 points, so I will take the Texans on the road and I am still honestly uh considering them on the money line as a little bit of an upset. And honestly, how big of an upset would that be? It's yeah, not huge. Baltimore. It's not, not it wouldn't be huge. Um, your seven. I, I'm locking in four as well right now. Three that we share Kansas City, New Orleans, and my favorite Arizona Cardinals. Let's do it. Cardinals, just stay within the 11. I know you're going to. You're going to score like 24 or 27 points. Um, I'm also locking in the Jacksonville Jaguars, even with Jacoby Brissett making the start. Again, I just think at this point of the season that the Colts were a little bit fraudulent and the Jaguars are a better team. I like them getting Nick Foles back. I like them going into Indy getting the win. Not that I need that uh, to win this bet here. The three I'm a little softer on. Cleveland, uh, and I guess I got to make a call on that right now, huh? It's Thursday. Yeah, you're gonna have it's to. It's Thursday. That's right. Jeez, maybe you'll have to get them out on the fly, Beller. Yeah, do um, it, Cleveland, the dog pound. Um, Roof. all right, I'll lock in Cleveland. Let's go Browns. Let's go Browns. Let's, <laughs> Let's go Browns. Go like I said, I'm, go, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there in a couple of weeks anyway. Like I said for uh, for Thanksgiving with the uh, with the in laws over there. So uh, you know, nice. this this will make me look good if they if they end up coming through. <laughs> That's so right. you uh, tell them that you picked the Browns. The board. You locked yeah, in the Browns. I, this was this was a line drive in the box score. You guys. I did not just sort of <laughs> softly and meekly duck snort one into, you know, shallow right center. I locked in the Browns. This was a Mike Trout 450 homer sort of pick here. Woo! Give me the Browns as number five. The two I'll say I'm soft on, Oakland and the Jets. You know, we, I scrolled to the bottom of our sheet here, and I saw the Jets as one of my seven, and I kind of laughed to myself. So I got a feeling I'm coming off that uh, one right now. But uh, for now, we'll say Oakland and the Jets uh, round out my top seven. Uh, don't change anything, Beller. You're on a heater, bud. You're on a heater. You're feeling it. Hey, I was at the Rogers Center, and I watched a Mike Trout bomb 450 <laughs> feet right off the glass windows of the restaurant right under Joe Carter. Um, yeah, that was fun to see. All right, Survivor Plays. Hopefully, again, we set off the top. Hopefully, you've already won. If you're still hanging out, you've got some tough decisions to make here. Uh, we'll throw out a couple, and maybe I'll ask you your favorite on the end. Of course, we have the Vikings at home against the Broncos, the Raiders at home against the Bengals, the 49ers at home. There's a theme here against Arizona. The Rams against the Bears could be a little risky. The Saints on the road against the Bucks. That's how I lost last year, week one. Remember that game? I do Ryan remember Fitzpatrick. that game. Ryan Fitzpatrick's Yikes. thrown all over the place. Whew. Buffalo against Miami, and then Carolina against Atlanta. Um, who do you feel strong about? I For me, it's Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, if you've got them, um, that might not be realistic. One uh, one team that I bet a lot of people do have that I feel great about is Oakland. I mean, if, yeah. you've, got, if you've got Oakland, 
um, which I bet a lot of people do. That's an excellent pick. Um, if you have to be going somewhere off the board, I think I like Carolina. Carolina? Yeah, I just don't – I mean, you know, Austin Hooper's been such a big part of that Atlanta offense this season. And so you take him away and you take uh, Devontae Freeman, who obviously, you know, Devontae Freeman's not what he was a couple of years ago, but he's been a big part of the passing game this year too. So you take those two guys away, uh, you give, you know, Carolina at home, Christian McCaffrey, um, that offense has really started to, uh, you know, round into form, I think. DJ Moore's had a couple of big games in a row. Oh, he's so been great. He's if been I had really to, good. Yeah, if I had to go off the board, I think Carolina would be the way I would go. What about Dallas? You may have already picked them against Miami, but it's possible. Yeah, if you've got Dallas, that, that one looks pretty decent too. They they, they got to be in there. But um, Minnesota, Oakland would be my two favorites, and I bet a lot of people have Oakland. There's 11 people left in my survivor pool, and eight of them picked the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, last week. Oh, last week. Yeah, against Ooh, the last Chargers. Week? Wow. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I mean, I could have went there, and I was like, Nah, I'm not going to do it. I feel you know a little bit more confident in the Chiefs or the Colts. And either way, I was I was losing that one. But wow. I know I was a little surprised to see that. Okay. Maybe they just wanted a an, People... uh, a survivor free weekend, whether they were out or they already had the win. Maybe that's what yeah. maybe that's what it was. Maybe that that's what it was. Either way, it was the right call. So yeah. congratulations to those eight people for sure and good luck the rest of the way and good luck with your picks again Beller and I will be back on Friday uh, a much shorter show we'll lock in those seven we'll talk about some line movement we'll talk we'll have a little bit more in terms of just injuries maybe we'll have a line in that Dallas game as well it looked uh, it does look like Jacoby Brissett as Beller mentioned is is going to suit up and return for the Colts so give Michael a follow at M Beller myself at Chris Meany please rate and review subscribe theathletic.com slash best on the board 40% off Enjoy the Thursday night football game. Go Brownies! And we'll talk to you on Friday. <laughs> woof, woof.